0: So, uh, you know, I'm not married. You are. Um, you know, normally we'd have our wives communicate what they're going to get us dressed in the, uh, each day, but I choose my own. Uh, I, I've got the uh, black in the huddle ensemble on today. Um,
1: black Friday, baby. Let's go. We, it, it, this was completely color-coordinated. I mean, you know, it, there there was no mistake.
0: F- the words frank and coordinated never Work together ever in my life people ask me all the time if I play football ever uh, No, the answer is no I did not um, there's a reason for that small hands lack of coordination um, you play football I mean Barely what was babies. your coordination level
1: not great I was fast that was about that's all I had going for me couldn't catch so they put me on defense
0: and uh, you are an elite statesman after all that. And the guy that coined that phrase for you is uh, still in the playoffs. We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk playoffs. about a lot of other teams. Yeah, playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we we'll get some better second round matchups here. Because uh, if you uh, used weighting with what the scores were, uh, that paper would be a very heavy uh, piece of paper right there. It's, yeah. That, that was kind of a crazy okay. first round. Yeah. For not necessarily the right reasons. But, hey. Yeah. The favorites were favorites for a reason. We'll see why. We're going to go through those as well. Folks, it's season 14, episode 29 of this season of In the Huddle. You no, know, maybe we should uh, have a like a tw- uh, poll during the show because obviously we're live now uh you know who should be shirtless uh by the end of this show uh because the black on black thing is just probably not going to work very well for the rest of the day here i, I don't know black friday and all yeah, this is a little weird i'm looking at my screen i'm like where are they <laughs> oh wait there they are
1: Apparently, I've been on vacation. I need to shave, so, well, you know, what are you going to do? Well, no, you just got to get
0: good lighting, because if you look at me, I- I'm not shaving either. So, uh, good lighting yeah. will always make it look like you're fine. Uh, okay. And then, I'll screw around with my lighting once I uh, do that. So, anyway, uh, we have uh, <laughs> second round games coming up. As you uh, yeah. held up, I've got mine, too. And uh, there are mm-hmm. eight, what call, really good games. Um, no, the I'd way- say
1: there's seven. There's seven.
0: <laughs> wow. I'm gonna find out there. which one that is, huh? Uh, probably really fast here. Which one? Which one could it be? Hold on, I'm trying to look at this. Oh, no. Which yeah. one do you think? Which one do you think's gonna be a route? Uh, give me a preview here. White water. Well,
1: Depont- Whitewater. I'm sorry okay. for the Tigers, but the the Warhawks are just gonna pound the rock. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a rough one. All the other games, I can't wait to see. I think they're gonna be really close and exciting, but Whitewater is gonna. Coast on through that one.
0: Okay, folks, that's our show. Have a great day. In weekend. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was Sorry, uh, that was one of your bolder statements in a long time, my friend. Uh, so, well, I, no, didn't the last trucks. show
1: you say that I'm becoming controversial, like Frank? Okay. Rossi? So, I you know,
0: I didn't know it was yeah. going to like be an ongoing farrier though, dude. It only wow. took
1: 51 episodes of this year. Is it really? Is this really our 51st
0: episode? of the calendar year well it, it's it's weird how we count I think we I uh, put season 13 back uh, even before the calendar year yeah. because we had the merchant marine stuff uh, in Coast Guard last year so it goes back to mm. September of last year but okay we only had a couple of shows uh, in that time frame um, I, I, I'm planning on if I get a few minutes uh, doing a retrospective going back to the beginning of COVID up to now and what we've been through as a show and what yeah. you've been through in D3 uh, to get to this point. Obviously, there's new headlines about a concern of a new strain uh, in South Africa and in Hong Kong now Great. Uh, that, uh, you know, it almost gives me a little bit of hesitation here and pause because I remember what we were all like after the Hobart win at Springfield uh, for the basketball tournament. Uh, yeah. Last year, and then you trip into the next round, and there's no next round, and there's no nothing basically at that point. So, you, yeah. you get a little nervous when you read these headlines now because been there, done that, and not for the good reasons there either. So, let's hope for the best here. Hope that medicine and science uh, find that this thing is not a threat like they are maybe presuming uh, early here. Let's just hope. But let's get through these playoffs. Let's get through. Uh, a good Christmas and New Year and hope for the best. Um, we got to go through round one before we get to round two. And so we're going to do a live version, a little bit more relaxed of sorts, but a live version of Crunch Time for week one of the playoffs, week 12 of the Division Three fall 2021 college football season.
1: No worrying.
0: Oh well, still looks cool. Yeah, we we hold hold on. You know that that was that was pretty pathetic. Where's the where's the where's the You you really want it? Hold on. I mean, that's you really want that? Okay, for live uh, show. Here we go. Here we go. You asked for Bud. (laughs) <laughs> yep. So um, the next thing that we got to do is uh, talk about. In fact, we got some background music and everything here. Yeah, and our uh, week or week one of the playoffs uh, starts up with. Uh, and here's how it's going to work: We're gonna have one video uh, per page here. A couple for one of them, you'll see why. But um, some of these don't necessitate much beyond telling you the scores, the stats, etc. St. John's beats Lake Forest 41-14 as Devin Volk gets a 17-rush day, 143 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Chris Backus uh, had four passing touchdowns of his own. Wide receiver A.J. Jackson had seven receptions, two touchdowns. He also played punter from what I understand in the game. Uh, This guy guy can do it all. all. Slices, dices, and juliennes, apparently. Uh, Linfield, if you don't know what it means, folks, go Google it. Linfield. (laughs) We'll take them on in the second round as they beat Redlands 44-10. to It started slow this game as Redlands had a 3-0 lead early in the second quarter. Wyatt Smith, 25-35, for 35, 337 yards, 4 passing and 1 rushing touchdowns. Lin- Linfield's defense, 3 sacks, 4 tackles for loss, 2 interceptions. Interesting game coming up. We'll talk about the game forming later. Wish I could show you clips from UMHB beating Trinity 13-3, but you know what happened, folks. So let me just tell you that, yeah, Alfonso Thomas, 26 rushes, 118 yards, one touchdown. Uh, UMHB's defense, two sacks, nine tackles are lost. Tucker Horn from Trinity, though, 20 for 40, 190 yards, and two interceptions. Then, folks, I'm going to show you some highlights. Yes, highlights, he said, of Birmingham Southern and Huntingdon. Early on, with a minute and a half gone in the game, it's Landon Cotney getting a 24-yard touchdown run to make it 7-0, Huntingdon leading Birmingham Southern. About eight minutes later, though, we will see that Tavian Fleming gets a 14-yard touchdown run to even things up here at 7 apiece. Uh, We go to the very end of the first half, 38 seconds left, and a name that uh, we're going to hear a lot of here, Trey Patterson. Five-yard touchdown run makes it 17-7, Birmingham Southern. Uh, Birmingham Southern would score 24 straight before Huntington would finally respond in the fourth quarter. The final score, 24-14, Birmingham Southern. Trey Patterson, again, uh, 220 total yard day, two rushing touchdowns. Landon Cotney for Huntingdon, 223 total yards, one rushing touchdown, one interception. We won't talk exactly about the next round games, JB, but uh, let's talk about the first round action, what you liked from that.
1: Well, I mean, Trinity's defense really was the most impressive thing in this bracket. They kept it really close with the crew for a long time. We thought that maybe the Crusaders made a mistake when they rushed that touchdown in and and left a little time on the clock for Tucker Horn and company. But, hey, it, it makes this next round game between UMHB and Birmingham Southern more interesting because Trinity only beat the Panthers by one point, and they hung around with the Crusaders for the whole game. So this next matchup should be really good
0: indeed let's go to the whitewater bracket at this point in the results there uh, Here, here's the uh, team that you think is going to uh, run circles around the other team to the right of it we'll get to that oh, a yeah. little bit more later whitewater beats Greenville 69 to 7 as Alex Pete has 13 rushes 93 yards three rushing touchdowns we saw one on our blitzer or our uh, bracket blitz show excuse me and uh, he has an incredible legs and in strength does Alex Pete Max Myler 15 for 21, 239 yards, three passing touchdowns. Let's go back to the videotape as DePaul took on uh, rose Holman. There's uh, basically no scoring the third in the fourth quarter. rose Holman would trade a touchdown against two DePaw field goals to trail 26-14. to 14. So it was a two-possession game. But then in the fourth quarter, 35 seconds left, Adam Tysalu gets a three-yard touchdown pass from uh, Andrew Dion in a 15-play drive that took... Four minutes off the clock so it's 26 21 to paw now so you think it's over right onside kick time and rose holman able to convert it and get it right there well incredible the bench saw it right in front of them and it is successful so they had a chance here's the last play of offense for them as there is a quick six-yard uh, t- six-yard pass and they were going to try the hook and lateral game here and there was nobody to lateral at two. So the final score ended up being DePaul's victory as you can see DePau's celebrating in the field. 26-21. Chase Andrews uh, with 238 total yards, three passing touchdowns and an interception. Andrew Dion from rose Holman, 27 for 58. 355 yards, three touchdowns, five interceptions. Bethel, Central. Uh, this game... A weird game. in I terms of game jump in club. here.
1: I got to jump in here, Frank. I got to apologize to Blaine Hawkins with a W, not the S that's on this slide. Like I screwed up. How can I get a, a Gallardi semifinalist name wrong? This guy has been one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So sorry, man. I'll get it right when hopefully you guys might win this next week. Big game coming up though.
0: Send cards and letters to James Baker, and his DM is right there, folks. So g- g- give him a little bit of razz for that one, okay, guys? Uh, Blaine Hawkins. This is as good as my
1: RPI tweet.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> let's not go there. Uh, Blaine Hawkins, ignore the screen, uh, with 371 total yards, seven passing touchdowns, two interceptions. How could you get the man's name wrong with seven passing touchdowns? Uh, Gerard Roste, with 418 total yards of his own, three passing, two rushing touchdowns, Two interceptions. What an incredible uh, offensive showing for both teams, but Central obviously was able to pour it on. But then look to the right. You have 96 total points on the left and 94 total points on the right with Wheaton beating Aurora 63 to 31. Wheaton now Aurora 665 to 444. My quick math says that's 1,109 yards, folks. Uh, Luke Anthony from Wheaton, 16 for 23, 223 yards, six passing, one rushing touchdown. And quarterback Gavin Zimbleman from Aurora. Five passing touchdowns. You see the matchups coming up to the right. Again, more on those later. JB, the action from this bracket that you like.
1: Well, I mean, the depauw rose Holman game was really the only competitive one. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to just have to wait and see how good the central team is. Can they beat Wheaton? The stats say that they have a shot, but I don't know. Well, it's hard, it's hard to tell whether anyone can get by this Thunder team. That's probably to me the most interesting second round game coming up tomorrow.
0: More on that in a little bit. Let's go to the North Central bracket at this point, folks, as it was uh, obviously first the walkover. Uh, Carnegie Mellon withdrawing, North Central wins in a no contest. Uh, so doesn't even win they advance in a no contest I should say so we'll see more from them against the winner of the game to the right of them which is lacrosse versus Albion lacrosse wins at 58 23 they outgained Albion 546 to 340 kind of surprised Albion even got 340 in that game because it seemed like they were struggling at times in that game but they, they did get some yardage Jacob Parks from Lacrosse, 24 for 30, 285 yards, five passing, one rushing touchdowns. And Alex Bush, the quarterback for Albion, three passing touchdowns, but also three interceptions. Got video of a couple games for you here, folks. Let's uh, go Springfield at Cortland. The only three-loss team in the field playing the undefeated Cortland Red Dragons. We're going to fast forward here as Cortland gets a long touchdown, 51 yards from Breeze Segala to J.J. Lapp. So, 10.01 left, fourth quarter. This makes the game 26 14. And this is a game where Springfield really jumped out to a quick lead in it. But then Springfield does come back, 2.43 left. Patrick Gladys with the one yard touchdown run, 26 21. Cortland. They would get the ball back with a minute left, minute 11 to be specific. But watch what happens here as David Wells tries to rush, and the ball gets stripped. Fumbled and recovered by Will Ruckert at Springfield's 41-yard line. That would do it. The final score, Cortland 26, Springfield 21. Patrick Lattice with 28 rushes, 88 yards, three rushing touchdowns. Uh, he scored that touchdown that you saw at the end there. Bree Segala, though, with 261 total yards, one passing touchdown. And you got to like the fact that he let his legs to a lot of the work in that game as well. Uh, It should be interesting, we'll talk about the weather prospects tomorrow and how that could affect the game. RPI at Endicott, we said RPI belonged hosting this game, I think their performance shows that we were probably right. Let's go to all the scoring in this game because uh, this was a really good game, understatedly. First, Vinnie McDonald We get a 15-yard touchdown pass from George Marinopoulos with 2.07 left first quarter. He did get a foot down, folks, and that was 7-0 RPI. Then later on, in, actually in the second quarter with 11 minutes left, Peter Lombardi gets a 4-yard touchdown pass from George Marinopoulos. Trust me, it's coming up here, and it'll be 14-0 RPI. Right there, you can see it, <laughs> uh, and uh, tough to see with the glare on the field, but uh, it was indeed good. Two minutes later, though, Ingrando uh, gets a 66-yard touchdown pass from Mike Engrafia here for Endicott, wow. so they do make a showing here in the first half. 14-7 RPI leads go to halftime with that score. In the third quarter, about midway through it, Vinny McDonald gets a 5-yard touchdown pass from George Marinopoulos to extend the lead to 20-7 to RPI. Fourth quarter, though, Endicott has a seven-play drive that ends with some success here as Kobe Gaudette gets a 20-yard touchdown pass from Mike Ingraffia. So Ingraffia had a decent day uh, at uh, certain periods here. 20-14 sure to 14 is the lead. You know what comes next, the onside kick. And I'll note to you here that The ball should have had to go 10 yards if they had a chance, Endicott, so it didn't even get there. RPI to touch it and take it in easily, and that would do it. The final score, RPI 20, Endicott 14. George Maranopoulos, 18 for 27, 175 yards, three passing touchdowns, and an interception. Mike Ingrafia for Endicott, 15 for 28, 173, and two passing touchdowns. JB, action from the north central bracket.
1: Well, really, and I, I know we probably don't have the videotape of it, but the comments made by um, Vinnie McDonald after the game and just like the, the, the show of class and respect between RPI and Endicott that happened on social media a few days before Thanksgiving was just was a YP3 moment that I'll never forget about the season. Um, just class acts on both sides uh, and just... And what else can you say? This was the best bracket of the of the group, the most competitive, compelling games, in my opinion, and they didn't disappoint.
0: Uh, we'll leave it right there. That's very good. Uh, and then we have one final bracket to go through the Mount Union bracket results, and uh, we'll have uh, first off Mount Union taking on uh, Washington Lee, and that was an easy victory for Mount Union as Braxton Plunk yeah. leads his team to a fifty-two to zero victory. Uh semi semifinalist no less. 27 for 37, 368 yards, by passing touchdowns for Plunk, and Mount Union out gained Washington Lee five hundred thirty-three to one hundred total yards. Anna Maria tried early with an 82-yard kickoff return touchdown for the opening of the game. Justin McMillan had that, but uh it was all Del out from there. 62 to 10. Del Valle's defense held Anna Marie at 58 rushing yards, and the offense had 306 rush yards uh, for Del Valle, six rushing touchdowns. That's incredible when you think about the success that Del Valle has, usually in the air as much, but six rushing touchdowns for them. I'm going to show you a couple clips here from the Johns Hopkins Salisbury game, and we're going to start here with 11 06 left in the first quarter as Harrison Wellman gets a 32-yard touchdown pass from Ryan Stevens. This made it 7-7 early here in the game. We'll go 8 minutes later, uh, 8 minutes, 10 seconds later to be exact, as uh, the guy that's getting hugged right there and everything, uh, he'll have uh, some more act here as Wellman gets a more 70-yard hugs. touchdown pass from Ryan Stevens. And Watch that speed right there, folks. Uh, in case uh, you're wondering why they were favored so much earlier on in the season, there it is. Uh, some reflections of magic for that team. That's all we're going to show you, folks, uh, because 45-20 to 20 is the final score as Ryan Stevens <laughs> goes 17 for 24, 346 yards, three passing, one rushing touchdown. Jack Lanham on the Salisbury side of the ledger, 239 total yards, one passing touchdown. Ann Muhlenberg, uh, that team that had beaten uh, that Johns Hopkins team, uh, yeah. 45-0 win as Michael Nikowski Goes 27 for 36, 352 yards, four passing touchdowns. Uh, Muhlenberg's defense, uh, one fumble recovery, three interceptions, held uh, Framingham State to 241 total yards. And uh, that is. Yeah, exactly. Mount (laughs) Union bracket. Uh, Go ahead, tell me what you like about that before we go to the bowl games.
1: Well, as we said on the Bracket Blitz show, the, the performance by Hopkins kind of blew <clears throat> me away anyway. Maybe not everybody else, but just an impressive showing by the Blue Jays. Can they bring the same kind of firepower to Mount Union? remains to be seen. Kind of a pretty typical lineup that we have here, kind of a battle of Pennsylvania between the two best D3 programs in Delphal and, and Muhlenberg. And then we're going to have a great, it could be a shootout between the Raiders and the Blue Jays.
0: Last but not least, we have the bowl game results across the board here. Let's go to the CC Mac Bowls. Widener uh, loses Susquehanna 49-21. Uh, Lycoming gets uh, your sinus 31-23. And Franklin and Marshall, nips Stevenson 42-28 in the Isthmus Bowl. Uh, yardage city and uh, just an incredible yeah. number of plays uh, by River Falls in that game. Over 110 plays, I believe. 115 or something crazy yep. like yeah, that. It was, was nice. just about six short of the record in Division three but I believe they had uh, a tie for the most th- third-down conversions in uh, Division three history. River Falls beats mm-hmm. WashU 48-27. In the ECAC Bowl games, the pack did not fare very well, as we were trying to suggest they needed to to sort of, disprove the theories about them out there Hobart had beat Westminster 21 to 3 Rockport beats Washington and Jefferson 20 to 7 I'm going to jump down FDU Florham 38 St. Vincent 19 so those are the pack losses in the third spot there though Grove City does route Utica 49 to 7 in the New England Bowls. Alfred State could not uh, hold on against uh, UMass Dartmouth 42-16 UMass Dartmouth uh, with a big victory and a Sports Center top ten uh, entry on Saturday night, with the big man touchdown that we've all seen. Yeah, touchdown. <laughs> yep. And uh, Merchant Marine Academy sixty-three, Western New England thirty-five. JB, thoughts here? Oh, hold on, don't move. That's it, right there. The the, the mustache, the tooper. That's all you yeah, got to say. I
1: mean. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a I think a a record number of wins in the regular season for the Merchant Marine, record number of points, and um, you know, Toop just go he goes out like he is. He's a winner, ten out of ten times, and um, just happy for him and the Mariners. Happy for Ian Blankenship, um, a Gallardi semifinalist, not too shabby, um, and I think he's got a good chance to make it to the finals, Frank. I don't know what the how the fan voting you know affects thing, but just from a pure football you know service and everything else standpoint, I think Ian has a great shot. It'd be really amazing to see a East Region guy um, you know in the finals. JB, that's crunch time live for the first time ever, literally live
0: for this first week of the NCAA playoffs. Yes in the fall 2021 division 3 college football season sorry sorry you were trying to dance to that um anyway <laughs> oh, god don't do yeah, it
1: man, i was feeling it yeah no, don't, i know don't it do it him.
0: yeah <laughs> you got something, just not what we need on this show. Uh, Before we go anywhere else here, let's uh, take a look at the undefeated teams that remain. Uh, Dalval, Cortland, Mary Harden, Baylor, Mount Union, Central, North Central. (laughs) We're coming closer and closer to that game, possibly. Who knows? Uh, Yeah. Linfield, St. John's, and Wisconsin Whitewater. Williams, obviously done for the season. They will stay there as undefeated in the NESCAC, a non-playoff team. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams left in the undefeated ranks as we lost Lake Forest last week from the grouping. And folks, you know what time it is? I know what time it is because I've got it in front of me. And we're gonna just have one little thing to talk about here. One not so little thing I guess actually. Talk to him this week, in fact. It's JB's MVPs with just one person on it.
1: Hit it. Look at look at him laying down there in front of that banner. I mean, how hysterical is that? You know, just you gotta love Toop, man. The guy has personality plus, and um, I'm just so happy for him in his last game that he gets to go out with a W. Yeah, look at him there. It's, it's like you know, Mister Centerfold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, I love it. I for... love it, man. I, I did yourself, buddy, on best. this one. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, anyways, uh, <laughs> let's reset this to where it should be. <laughs> <laughs> uh most wins in uh merchant marine
1: history right absolutely yeah Uh, I mean what a run I mean I I think it's also we we kind of tapped the brakes on you know because of the you know some of the federal requirements but it seems like coach Kroll is now the guy um sort of officially named to the head coach position um taking over for trooper and um we, we we just wish him, nothing but the best in his retirement. What a great season uh, for the Mariners! They they go out winners, and like I said, Ian Blankenship, number five, their quarterback, has a about a good a chance to win this Gallardi Trophy as anybody else in the field. Well,
0: I agree with you. At least to get the finals, uh, which uh, they'll have four yeah. finalists. We'll name them on a show that Pat Coleman and I will do, as uh, this will be our third time in a row doing it. Uh, we can't say third year in a row because of obvious reasons. It's December uh,
1: 9th when you guys are doing that one?
0: Correct, sir. Correct. So I'm curious to see uh, where these things land, and SIDs of those schools to have uh, semifinalists. Please get your video highlights and no writing on the screen because it's a labor of love getting you guys the opening video uh, music video uh, montage of all the semi-finalists and uh, we need video from the schools to make that happen so please do that I know the, uh, SJ, the SJU J Club I should say is uh, reaching out uh, as uh, they give out that award and are doing all the stuff related to it to uh, make sure we get all the stuff we need as well as they take in the votes right now and you were uh, talking about how things affected there are over 20 voters and the fans comprise one vote uh, in that and it's a ranked voting system uh, I'm not sure if they go all the way down to the 15 or not uh, but uh, it is a reverse ranked uh, voting system 15 points to the uh, number one if they go all the way down you know how it works uh, if, if you know how poll voting, poll voting works generally folks so uh, we'll have those uh, finalists okay. named on the 9th of December and then I will announce in the pregame show of the Stag Bowl the winner when we're in Canton, Ohio, on December nineteenth, <laughs> not that far away. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna practice though. I'm gonna practice tomorrow. Uh, when we get to the Cortland RPI game, we'll discuss exactly what the weather situation is up here right now, uh, happening, and uh, we'll see where that goes. But we're not gonna bust get Bust out the Sparkleman jacket, Frank. I don't think that's happening tomorrow. I, I'm. I've got to bust out gloves and a hat. I think as well. I need to bust out. Yeah. Uh, probably. So, So let's start out here, uh, the upper left-hand bracket, which is St. John's bracket, we call it. And, uh, again, we're going to go to the slower-paced lightning predictions. J.B. Linfield, St. John's develops here. Uh, St. John's head coach Gary Fashing uh, is out, at least as of now, with COVID. Uh, So there's, you know, the question, too... Did he maybe get it from players or infect players? And they have not been exactly, what I would call, following up on uh, the information to uh, folks here. So I don't know if we're going to see... Don't ask,
1: don't tell kind of situation going on there. Well,
0: (laughs) and I'm not saying that they're trying to be uh, obtuse in this whole thing or anything like that, but you know, it's one of those questions I think of, okay, are you going to lose players to this on Saturday as well? We don't know. And so... Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, how do you look at this game? Give me a score.
1: Well, irrespective of the whole COVID thing that came out, I I had Linfield winning this game, and even though I think the the Wildcats are undersized and they're going to struggle a little bit with a team with the size of a St. John's or a Mayak or any kind of Midwestern squad, Wyatt Smith, speaking of Gallardi Trophy semifinalist, is is a strong enough quarterback to get them a a win the johnnies have lived dangerously this year barely beating bethel a couple of times i just feel like linfield's a notch above that and they're gonna sneak out of minnesota with say like a 35 31 kind of win
0: yeah i think it's gonna be a little more distant than that for some reason i i think a little bit of the overtones here don't help matters obviously it will be cold Uh, But I think that it will be Linfield able to finally seal a deal on a road uh, for a second-round game. Remember the Wesley game way back when that I did? uh, Keith McMillan and I and all that stuff, we we have the highlights uh, in the Wesley farewell video that we had done. And, um, you know, that was a game where Linfield jumped out and Wesley came back and wins the game. Linfield just has had trouble in the last, what? 15 years when they've gotten to these situations, sealing the deal. I think this is the one time they're going to have the opportunity to do it and uh, succeed at it. 31 20, Linfield wins this game, I believe. Then uh, on the other uh, part of that uh, quadrant, you have Mary Harden Baylor and Birmingham Southern. Now, let's go through the whole, you know, syllogism thing here. Trinity (laughs) beat Uh, Birmingham Southern barely, by what like one point, I yep. think it was, and uh, missed two-point conversion. Uh, Mary Harden-Baylor barely, in a lot of ways, beats Trinity 13-3, to and really it was a 6-3 game. They got lucky to get a second chance, uh, what would have been a field yeah. goal opportunity. It would have been 9-3 to in that situation. Uh, but you get the point. So shouldn't Birmingham Southern be able to play Mary Harden-Baylor as tough as Trinity did? I'll go first with score here. I'm going to say no. I think Mary Harden-Baylor gets that scare and learns a lot and Pete Fredenberg and company say what the hell were you guys doing out there for 60 minutes just kind of flopping around and not playing the football that we uh, play here in Belton. 21-7, Mary Harden-Baylor wins but it's going to be kind of one of those they go out to a 14-0 lead and hold them off type thing like they did to Brockport in the semifinals a few years back.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. I I could see the Crusaders winning this game by, say, 10, 14 points, so I guess I'll throw out a um, 24 to 10, 14 kind of game, I think. You know, the the Chris Shufords of the world and Trey Patterson's are going to make things interesting. I just don't know if the Panthers have the same defensive uh, strength that Trinity does, and like like you said, Frank, I feel like, the Crusaders are kinda okay guys, enough of this. Let's let's kick it up a notch.
0: Bam. You no know, kick it up a notch of BAM. Do you remember who that was?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Emerald. Speaking, speaking of BAM, um <laughs> Whitewater Depa. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Would you like to take this one? Go ahead. you, you explain <laughs> this game to everyone since you seem to be so well versed on what's gonna happen Go right ahead.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I just think that the uh, the Warhawks just have too much size and strength. I mean, you know, credit to Paw for scraping a, a win at home. And um, yeah, but that 69 points that Whitewater put up last weekend is probably going to be matched, if not exceeded, I think, in this game. So I like the Warhawks big time. Uh, let's say like 70 to 21. See now, I wish I could get credit
0: for a game. And by the way, what what is our score right now? Do you do you have our final score going into this week? I do. <clears throat> I do. Um, I know so, I screwed up last week pretty badly. So,
1: well, yeah. Well, you 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 went with two upsets last week, and so you ended up fourteen and two. I, of course, was sixteen and zero. Um, but before that, it the the stand. I was ahead by three, eighty nine and thirty eight compared to eighty six and forty. So, so I'm down five right added. now.
0: Yeah yeah okay, it's uh, not impossible. There's eight four two one. There's uh fifteen games remaining here, so I can do it still. And uh, okay. you see the but a game like this where you're calling for like this huge route, I'm gonna call it thirty eight to ten. Okay, I I, I okay. think you're underestimating DePaul a little bit. Okay they. they All right the ncac isn't what i would call garbage by any stretch of the imagination no, but that's kind of what you're suggesting here by saying that whitewater Warhawks is like
1: this I, I mean you know here let's not to give anything away but i, I mean i'm expecting whitewater to make it to the semifinals. i mean this team is strong enough to maybe even go to the national championship i mean they, they're just that good
0: you heard, it here first, you heard it here first, folks. I can't even say it. I'm so surprised that he's getting this bold. Remember those Harden-Simmons bold calls you had last spring and how that went for you? I mean, yeah, yeah, but okay, to each his own, 38-10, uh, Whitewater. Uh, they'll pull away early and hold off DePauw for the rest of it, but DePauw's got a decent defense, so I, I don't think they score 70 on him. There's just no way. And watch this happen, and watch me have to eat my words. The other part of the uh, bracket, <laughs> Central Best game Wheaton, for
1: the whole round right here. That well, that, I, this game I think is gonna
0: be I, I think you're right, and I think that essentially, whoever wins is going to give Whitewater a run for their money. This is not going to be yeah, roll over good. and play dead time. Okay, Let, no, let's just make they, that clear right now. So I yeah. think that Wheaton gets the edge here. I was impressed by how they bounced back since that North Central loss that game last week versus Bethel interesting but uh, we may test some lights in the scoreboard in this game Wheaton will win 40 to 31 i wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't bumping it up by 10 points on either side of the scoreboard though so 40 31 Wheaton
1: yeah i mean i think the thunder are also probably the the right pick here even though Hawkins not Haskins Hawkins is probably the best you know, QB uh, left in the, in the field. It's just from a pure statistical standpoint. When you look at his numbers, they're crazy. He'll keep him in the game, but I just feel like the Thunder defense is just a little too strong. They'll probably cause a turnover of some kind that'll help them either take or or establish a lead that they're going to hang on to. I think the the Thunder wins this game, um, forty
0: two to thirty five. Interesting. I thought you'd go Central. I'll, I'll be honest with you on that one. So, okay, Wheaton, Wheaton on that one. Um, Luke Anthony and company, we'll see uh, if you make us look good or not so good uh, on this one. Uh, We'll see. Former guest of our show, don't forget. Um, Upper right, North Central. uh, We'll get to see their first action against La Crosse. Now, here's my question to you as somebody who's played football. North Central had the first week bye this year, right? So we had to wait a week Mm -hmm. to see them. They played a knockout game against Aurora. Okay, got it. Now they basically get a buy in the playoffs and have the same situation Mm -hmm. against a team that's probably better than Aurora, Wisconsin lacrosse. Do you think that week off hurts or helps North Central at this point of the season?
1: I think it helps just from the standpoint. By the end of the regular season, everybody's banged up to a certain extent, so that extra rest is going to help them. I mean, this this game has the opportunity to be, you know, kind of what we saw with the North Central Mountain Union game in round two in 2019. I don't think they're going to score over 100 points combined like those those two teams did, but this is going to be um, a matchup of. of re- almost equals. I just feel like North Central as the defending champions and the way they've been playing so far this season, I can't really find any flaws in their game. I think they'll outlast the Eagles and it'll probably be like a 35 to 21 type of thing, maybe a little lower lower scoring given the strengths of of each team, but NCC is going to advance, I believe.
0: Yeah, North Central, I think, has the upper hand here. I I did underestimate Wisconsin-Lacrosse against Albion quite clearly. Um, But I think uh, North Central is a different class altogether. 30-17 North Central wins. It's interesting when you talk about the Wheaton game and then the North Central game back-to-back, but the reality is if those two teams are going to rematch, it's going to have to be in the Stag Bowl, which is not impossible. If Wheaton plays the brand of football they played last week, it could happen indeed. We'll see. They have to get through Whitewater and somebody in the upper left bracket to do that if they get through Central this week. I mean, they, they have probably yeah. one of the toughest roads to the Stag Bowl that I could name right now. So, if Wheaton yeah. gets there, they've earned it, by all means, on that Absolutely. side of the bracket. Okay, uh, on the more Central bracket, though, we'll continue here. So, I'll set up the scene here. Cortland RPI. The weather uh, is Battle supposed of the s- Yeah, well, we're supposed to get snow in the Albany area today, a couple inches possibly. Um, It's going to be wet snow as it's rainy right now, and it could turn into, you know, obviously a little bit of a muck fest in the meantime. It may uh, restart snowing a little bit in the morning tomorrow, although we're up and down on that question in the uh, forecast right now. But, okay, they play on turf. We get that. The field could be wet, a little maybe slick, and... Bree Seagala's running game matters. Uh, we, we saw him be, being able to tuck and run. That gives them that extra dimension, honestly, compared to RPI, where George Marinopoulos, still a little hobbled by that injury, obviously, is not nearly as mobile as Segella is. So, just from those logistics and thinking that the weather probably won't play too much of a role, but I do want to put it out there. as something that could happen tomorrow. You know, it's fickle weather here in November in upstate New York. I'm going to say Cortland wins the game, 24 to 20 over RPI.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it picking against RPI sometimes has not worked out so well for for me and others.
0: (laughs) We're we're going up on a bulletin border, so we speak. Okay, so go ahead, finish what you got to say. So uh, I certainly gets it right.
1: Well, you know, when like when we spoke with Tom Goss earlier, I mean, it seems like to me Cortland was the most complete team in upstate new york and their their record proves that they they went through empire eight undefeated they you know with springfield though gave them a good run for their money and if there is a team that is going to pull off an upset in in this bracket it, it's probably rpi but i just feel like the dragons at home the way they've been playing are are sort of the safe bet so you know they beat the pride by five points i think they'll sort of like you said frank it's going to be a close one maybe because of the weather it's more like 21-17, but, you know, RPI is pretty good at winning close games, so uh, nothing would surprise me there. Finally,
0: bottom right, Mount Union Bracket. Uh, you knew with that uh, really easy victory, 52-0 to yeah. over Washington and Lee, holding them to 100 yards, if I remember, remember correctly from crunch time. Yep. John Hopkins, mm-hmm. the surprise of the week, the way they, not just for, for the fact they won, but manhandled Salisbury and the scoreboard. Uh, what forty-five yeah. to twenty, and really, it felt more like a forty-five to seven close game. Wasn't even that close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you give Mal Union versus Johns Hopkins any chance to be kind of an upset alert in the third quarter or anything like that?
1: No, whatever seemed to be kind of plaguing the Raiders earlier in the OAC season when they were having those close calls against their conference rivals. It seemed that. They left that in, in alliance. They're you know. I think um, Braxton Plunk is is kind of starting to clock in at another level. Um, and this is as far as quarterback matchups. You can't really get much better than Stevens versus Plunk in, in this in this uh, in this tournament. So, I think this is going to be a higher scoring affair. Um, but I think the Raiders are going to jump out to a, a quick lead. Hopkins will chase them for a little while, but eventually the Raiders are going to hang on and win this game and say forty-five to thirty.
0: So if Hopkins upsets Mount Union and Muhlenberg's through, do I have to go to the rematch? Uh, since I was at the original matchup, is that how this works ultimately? Probably. Am I am I obligated? Yeah. And. Well, you're then not who?
1: obligated, but, you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would assume that Muhlenberg would host a rematch. I mean, if that didn't happen, then the, the committee would probably get run out of town at that point. But, okay, yeah. I, first things first, Johns Hopkins has to get through my uh, union, and my score is 40-13 my union, so I don't think it's happening no. either. Yeah, yeah, did you think I was leading up to something else? Really? I mean, really? Come on, folks. No. I may be I, I an ass, but I'm not that stupid, okay? Let's get this straight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do feel like we're going to disagree on this next and last pick, though. That's I don't think we
0: will. I don't think we will. Really? Okay, here we go. I will lead up here. So the last pick here we have to make, uh, JB, is Del DelVal. Versus Muhlenberg. And you see man manhandling Anna Maria on the scoreboard, although Anna Maria kept it close in the first half. And Muhlenberg just walked over Framingham State on the scoreboard 45-0. to Battle of Pennsylvania going on here. We've seen this one play out yeah. uh, interestingly. Uh, and I believe that Muhlenberg is growing and growing on those lines, as we discussed with Coach, uh, Coach Milne back on the uh, Johns Hopkins uh, Friday night there. So I'm going to say Muhlenberg wins this game 27-21. They'll be able to stop the rush offense of DelVal, and force them to throw, and yeah, they'll get some scoring, will DelVal in the air, but they will not feel as comfortable, I don't think, having to do that. So that's why Muhlenberg needs to stop the run. Go for it.
1: Well, get your bulletin boards ready, folks, because I feel like Del Valle is going to win this game. And I think that they have enough offense <laughs> <laughs> and defense to pull it off. I mean, the has been incredible um, this whole season, but the secondary of Delaware Valley, I mean, they're these ball hawks. They've got, you know, all American defensive linemen. They can, they showed they can really run the ball. on um, on anna maria not necessarily you know that was a huge feat but the the extent that they had yeah you can text nate right now and and tell him that baker is is providing some really good stuff for his team and yeah you know what prove me wrong man i i just feel like you know Del Val, even in 2019 was probably the best team from this neck of the woods they they proved it against north central can they prove it against a team as good as Muhlenberg? we'll have to wait and see
0: Hold on. Let me let me see if I can pull something off here. Uh, so why don't you recap our picks? Did we have anything different there?
1: The only thing we disagreed on was this last one. We agreed on Linfield, Muir Heron Baylor, Whitewater, Wheaton, North Central, Cortland, Mountain Union, and then you have the Mules, and I'm taking the Aggies in the uh, Pennsylvania Bowl here. Apparently, you're trying to humiliate me by bringing Coach on in the last second. I can't hear you, Frank. You, put, you muted yourself. <laughs> Lost you there. Uh, so, Coach, um, JB oh, just
0: shit. said uh, DelVal <laughs> – <laughs> he, he just dropped a four-letter word on the air live, uh, but uh, he he says that Del Val is going to win this game against uh, Muhlenberg, and I, I, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about this. Uh, this elite statesman picking against the statesman again, Coach. Wh- what what do you think?
2: I think in the round of sixteen, anybody has a chance to win. Uh, I believe in our players uh, as much as anybody does, but I know Duke Greco believes in his players as well. Um, so I mean. I don't know, what is JB's record this year overall? I think that would be the, the biggest question is, what is his record?
0: He's got five ahead of me, he's basically uh, 70% give or take I think uh, if we did the totals up, 72% I think actually. So he he's up there, he's five ahead of me though, so come on, that, that's like a virtual dead heat when you pick 14 games a week and everything. So are, you're not at all concerned about this and you're not going to uh, call Hobart to have his degree taken away or anything?
2: not this time you know um i think in the future we'll we'll look into it there'll be a serious investigation um with this statesman on statesman crime um <laughs> but I, I just i just don't know where it stems from you know I, I just you think after years that uh you'd be able to have somebody believe in you um and then to have them not it's it's sort of like when your parents say that they're not mad they're disappointed in you that's kind of the way I feel right now I'm not mad at JB I'm not mad at anybody I'm just disappointed
0: coach if I told you I picked Muhlenberg to win the game by the score of 27 to 21 would that make you feel better about the Union guy again
2: I mean I don't know if you could ever make a Hobart guy feel good about a Union guy uh, but it, it certainly doesn't hurt
0: Okay, you're with your uh, family at the dining hall. We do appreciate you uh, basically uh, jumping on with this uh, out of nowhere here. Any any last thoughts, any any words of wisdom for folks out there uh, as this uh, game's coming up? It's a big one, obviously.
2: It's a massive game. Uh, it's Centennial versus Mac. Um, and uh, we hope that there's a big crowd, uh, our players. It's Thanksgiving weekend, and we know that uh, people are home from break, and so there may not be a lot of students in the stands. Uh, and so we hope that the Muhlenberg and the Delaware Valley faithful uh, show up this Saturday at noon and, uh, and, and are ready for, in my opinion, what'll be a fantastic game? Uh, probably the best matchup, uh, in the round of 16 here uh, across the board. I know there's some good ones, uh, but I think this is, uh, as good a matchup and you're going to see as good a game as there is in the country this weekend here in, uh, Doylestown.
0: My friend uh, Gordon Mann is going to be out there covering the game uh, for DelVal, so that's why I will not be there. Uh, we avoid double coverage for D3 football. I'll be at the uh, rpi Cortland game, but this was a game, if it was not being covered, I would have gone to for sure as the closest really, really good uh, matchup this weekend. Good luck to you, sir, Thanks, and uh, we appreciate uh, you talking to us, and if you win it, we'll, I'll probably see you the following week somehow, some way.
2: Awesome. Dig in, man. Have a great day.
0: You too. Thank you. Good luck, Bye. Coach. How's that? Okay, we, we, we had a little proud two guests um, because of your de- decision to go bulletin board material <laughs> on us here, okay? How's that for you? Um, so, I guess that's how we close well, the show. <laughs> you can't go for anything. I guess through.
1: so. Yeah, can't beat that.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Anyway, uh, Glardy Trophy, uh, again, the semifinalists yeah. have been named uh, and uh, probably should uh, get those uh, semifinalists uh, the recognition they deserve here real quickly here. Uh, and I don't have it for uh, screen purposes but I will tell you that uh, Ian Blankenship Merchant Marine Academy Jefferson Fritz Mary Harden Baylor Two uh, what two players I've seen. Uh, let's let's uh, see yeah. how many we can count. Here. I think you've seen uh, all
1: these guys for certain. Nah. Well, nice Cody
0: Gustafson uh, uh, from Grove City. No, I, I did not. I mean, we, we've obviously yeah. had a close association with Grove City. Blaine Blaine Hawkins. Just just to make sure you got that right. Blaine Hawkins from Central. W- uh, I did not see yeah, in person. Yes. Michael Nakowski. I have uh, who we were just talking yes. about. There's three. Uh, Tucker Horn from Trinity I did not see uh, in person, but uh, obviously put together good effort last week against Mary Harden-Baylor. Uh, Tyler Jarnigan from Benedictine. Kyle Jones I did see. Harden-Simmons, he was a guest on our show as well. Andrew Kaminsky mm-hmm. I did not see this season. Obviously saw him at the Stag Bowl two years ago. Uh, Max Myler, uh who I also saw at the Stag Bowl two years ago. Uh, UW-Whitewater. Braxton Plunk I did mm-hmm. see. Mount Union. Uh, the quarterback there, Jared Roste, uh the uh, Bethel quarterback. Uh, I did not see in person, but uh, great <laughs> I'll tell you he, his numbers when you look at that central game as much as anything, uh, were great. Yeah. Bruce Segala, I will see tomorrow in person for the first time actually. Uh, we had him on the show, the quarterback there. Uh, White Smith from Linfield. Uh, the quarterback did not see in person yet. Gavin Zimmerman, same thing. Aurora quarterback. So those are the 15 semifinalists for the Glory trophy and we'll whittle that down to 4 on December 9th. Last thoughts for round 2?
1: Well, I mean, this is where the, you know, the the, the true rubber meets, meets the road. I mean, like I said, I think 7 of these 8 games are going to be outstanding. Must see D3 Football TV. Um, you know, take your pick. Uh, it, it kind of sucks that they're all kicking off at the same time. Um either Noon Eastern or Noon Central. It would be nice if they had these staggered out because, <laughs> yeah, you know, I want to watch all these games, but you know, I'm going to have to have like a multiple device thing going on to to catch even a couple. So, um, you know, I'll I'll be tuned in to to your game, obviously, um, Cortland RPI, you know, given our New York roots. But <clears throat> I want to I want to pay attention to the Delval Muhlenberg game. I want to pay attention to all these games. I mean, they're going to be great.
0: We tossed around doing the second round blitzer as well, or uh, D3, or bracket blitz, I should say, again. Uh, but uh, it, we did it a couple years ago, but it, it, there's just a little less uh, frenetic pace scenario going on because it's just eight games, usually divided four and four, yeah. or, or something like that. So uh, we don't do it because you probably can four screen it yourself uh, to the degree you want to see all the games. But uh, as he said, it's going to be exciting, a lot of good games, and um, Del Val Muhlenberg suddenly has a big bullseye on it for our purposes here, as it is the one game that we have dis- disagreed on.
1: Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm.
0: Fo- folks, coverage throughout the weekend, I'll be at RPI Cortland, uh, we'll have uh, post-game interviews, obviously posted Sunday morning from that, and be safe this weekend, folks. I-, I know it's been a great family Thanksgiving weekend so far, hope you had a great day yesterday. But uh, be safe out there as the weather starts to turn in certain areas and obviously COVID and everything else. Just enjoy your family, enjoy your time uh, of peace here as we get toward the Christmas season and everything else. See you next week on the show. Thanks for joining us.